irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. I almost sat on it. Wow. You see my 45? What the fuck? No, I was showing us your gun, man. Because I had to take it off the chair. I was cleaning it. Alan, I told you not to do anything stupid, man. No, it's not stupid. I'm cleaning. I sat on it. Okay, because get rid of it. We got to start the podcast. This, this nonsense of uh, not knowing how to get the fucking uh, Zoom up. And, uh, you know, I got to put it back on the on the kitchen table. Okay, Alan, get rid of it. We saw it. Great. Yeah. No, I know your feelings about this. This is our, uh, our first Zoom interview, Greg. I'm sorry, Greg. You know, oh, I didn't cool, mean, man. I didn't mean for, for, for Keith to start I, I, urinating in his yeah. pants at the thought at the uh, He's had got military background. I don't think he's uh, going to start crying about this. Is that true, Greg? Do you have military background? Uh, I, I, not really. I went to the military oh, academy my first year of college. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess. <laughs> oh, how, I, uh, how how was that? Uh, I was good, man. I mean, I you know I I think it was probably uh, <laughs> maybe not the right place for me, but it was uh, it was a pr- pretty cool experience as I look back. Yeah. Uh, I. Uh, I, I apologize that because this is my first Zoom interview, so I don't really know how to work Zoom. But I want you to know I watched your special this morning. Oh, cool! Thanks, man. I thought it was the, and uh, I thought it was the funniest thing. Like I don't know about you, but like when I watch comedy, if it's not good within like the first two jokes, I'll turn it off. But you, I actually watched the whole thing. Oh, sounds- thanks, man. Thanks a lot. Uh, like it's very, funny very guy. clean too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a sort of uh, uh, kind of been my style, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, evol- I evolved to that. I wasn't always quite that clean, but uh, uh, yeah, I was, um, you know, never uh, raunchy, but I was probably more profane than I am now. Yeah. Now, would you say like that gets easier the longer you do comedy? Because when I first started, I was probably raunchy too, but it wasn't funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think probably everything gets easier the longer we do comedy because it's just such a unnatural thing to do, you know, those, especially those first five or six years, man, it is, uh, just doesn't feel right. You know, yeah, it's, it's impossible tough. to relax up there. How, how old were you when you started? Because you had a job as a salesman too. Yeah. I mean, I, it was a lot of like kind of, uh, uh, false starts. I guess I, I, I did it in college, but just only a couple of times. I wasn't really focused on it at all. And, uh, and then, um, when I got out of college, I, I had a, like you said, I had a day job. I was selling, uh, Pringles and Duncan Hines and Jif and stuff to like, uh, grocery stores and grocery wholesalers. And, uh, I would do, uh, up off and on during that 10 year period, the, the last four years, probably almost all the time yeah. so uh yeah and then and then i eventually quit my day job and went out there so now when you were working as a sales job were you like already an accomplished headliner or no you- no not even close no, no right. I, n- n- not even by any chance <laughs> definition of it yeah yeah uh i was like the i was the mc you know i was just a guy that was doing local ch- hosting at the local comedy club and uh 
that's probably why I quit because I just didn't want to be the MC anymore, you know, and I, I, you know, went on the road that first year being the middle act all over the country. It's back when you could work 52 weeks as a middle act and they'd put you up and pay you a little yeah. bit of money. Yeah. Now they don't pay anyone. Cause like now, uh, when I, cause I got promoted middle act by Norm and then this whole thing happened. So I'm not with Norm anymore, but they don't pay as much as they did six years ago. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. It's, it's a, it's really hard, you know, to back the day. I mean, it was a tough living, but you could almost make a living, you know, being a feature act. It was, you scrape it out and you drive all over the country, but uh, now it's, it's impossible. You you know, most of the clubs, you know, use local guys. Yeah. Now do you, when you go on the road, do you have like a say on the local guys? Like when they give you, you look them up to see if they fit your style? Um, no, I, I try not, not to do that. I mean, every now and then, uh, I'll bring somebody bring, you know, one of my friends or something, yeah. but, um, yeah, I try not to do that. I mean, I may have to, it's weird. Cause, cause, uh, now that I have done a few things, there's been a couple of things out there that have been clean or whatever. Yeah. Um, so now I feel like yeah, there, there might be, uh, some audience member that, that shows up and expects to see a clean show and then. I'll always clean, but the, you know, if the, the two guys in front of me are really dirty, I feel like I, I never say anything. Cause I feel like, ah, man, I, sh- it's my responsibility to handle it. And if, you know, if they want to, I don't want to tell people how to do their act because right. I wasn't always that clean early on. So, um, yeah. but I may, you know, if we ever get back to doing live stand-up comedy, I may, uh, think about like, okay, this, the last two specials have been completely clean. So, it's probably fair to keep the show relatively clean for people that don't want to come. Yeah. Now, how long did it, uh, cause I actually just released my special. And oh, cool, man. Yeah. It, it took me, I filmed it like two years ago and it just got released. Like, Oh, wow, man. Yeah. Where, so, where, where can uh, people watch it? Uh, it's on mad records right now. Oh, cool. So, yeah. I mean, it's not a big thing. But, uh, I'm trying to get it on Prime right now, but that's not the point. The point is, is it took me a long time just to do it. How long did it take you for this one? Well, what, like, what do you mean by that? Like, um, like edit, and obviously you recorded a weekend there, right? Or was it a one show thing? Um, we recorded on one night. It was at a theater in uh, in Illinois, and um, you know, we recorded two shows, and then you know, it was pretty much out of my hands after that there was uh i I had say a say in the editing process but the producers you know they kind of moved it i think so we filmed it in like july and it was pretty much fully edited um by december and then so and then i think they started pitching it a little bit january you know probably it was weird because that's when all the covid started happening and all that so um, we wound up going to prime. I think they made that decision somewhere in like April and it, it wound up there in, in, in late June. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I it's mean, a process, it probably could have been quicker, but I like, I think I switched titles there at the, <laughs> like in the middle of it, which sort of, um, probably cost us a, a month or so. <laughs> I, so I was just like, ah, I don't want that title, man. Cause I saw something on the internet where it was like, it was very, it was like this obscure band in Australia. I was going to go with the title undercover crops, 
oh. uh, or undercover <laughs> crop because it's like uh, you know it's like a play on words and that that pun is in my act and it's yeah. um you know it's about farming and stuff uh but like i i just googled it and then I've, i'm a little ocd so i was like ah this band in australia has that name so i don't know if i want to do it so i wound up being like i don't feel right taking this and they're like what are you talking about this band in australia has like 12 hits on their youtube video i'm like i know still but maybe let's just find something that nobody's done so we did uh you know where the field corn grows which is a uh you know, a, a sort of a play on words on the novel where the red fern grows, which is uh, a book that I didn't read. I'm ashamed to say, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I, I, you know, I look back, I'm like, yeah, I probably cost us two months in the, in the editing process. Cause I was like waffling on the, on the, uh, the name and stuff like that. But yeah, they, they were, you know, we went, I went back and forth, forth with the producer on the, the edits and they were, they were really, really fun to work with. Yeah. The cover too on the the title was awesome. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, <laughs> it was funny. I had this roommate when I was living in L.A. years ago. My my buddy Sean Gannett. He had like some uh, headshots done when he was living in Omaha, and uh, it was just some camera, like somebody that had obviously never taken comedian headshots before. So yeah. they were just like fooling around, and one of them, one of them, like said Sean Gannett, comedian extraordinaire, or something like that, and then the other one like had a picture of him in a cornfield with like no context of it. And like, he accidentally left him out one time on our kitchen table and I found him, and, uh, and he, he didn't want anybody to see him, man. He, and, and I was like, what are these? He's like, Oh God. And I like faxed him to all our friends and, you know, like sent him around making fun of him. So cut to like, you know, 15 years later, I'm doing this farming special. We're out at this farm taking pictures and, uh, the guy kept saying, well, why don't we get a picture of you in the cornfield? And I'm like, no, no, I don't want to do that. Cause I, I just knew if I did, Gannett was just going to, he was just going to make fun of me. Cause I, I just, I completely, I wouldn't let go of the cornfield thing. Like for years I sent that thing. So I was like, no, nah, no, I don't want to do it. So we took pictures all day at this farm, you know, or half a day and they were okay. And finally at the end, I'm like, all right, man, I'll do the thing in the, cornfield you know I, I just like i just accepted it then i had this like kind of a starbucks cup we knew we wanted to do something with a like starbucks type cup or a coffee cup and uh so we took him and of course that's the that's the best one by far and yeah. there's like three other pictures and then there's just god awful terrible pictures of me like laying on a tractor or something i mean it's just it, it, god help me if people get a hold of those pictures you know <laughs> so so did it surprise you when you found out the picture you didn't like was the best one well yeah no it didn't because i was like this is probably the best idea i'm just gonna hear it from Ganan. <laughs> so i just literally on the way from the photo shoot i called Ganan. i'm like yeah, dude, you're probably going to have a good time with this. Uh, but I knew as soon as we got it, I knew this was the picture. It was the last thing we did all day was take, you know, this picture of me, you know, like I said, some of the other ones were terrible. Man. It's, it's one of the things I found with like headshots or any of that kind of like anytime I've ever done headshots or any of that stuff or any kind of photo stuff for albums. It's always like you think, well, we'll get a ton of stuff. It's always like, no, there's three good pictures in 98 awful awful pictures yeah <laughs> you know like three good pictures and one hour of wasting my time yeah yeah, yeah. i mean yeah two yeah i'm just like in 
you know, uh, it's not the photographer's fault. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, how long, like, uh, did it take you to come up with this uh, material about farming? Because I thought farming was like taking care of animals and shit. And you mostly talked about, uh, the plants and the, the yeah, mostly, I mean, I, the thing, uh, you know, I, I mean, usually I start the clock when you're, uh, you know, when you record your record something, now you got to start it, start over, you know? And, yeah. uh, so probably it was probably like three and a half years or something since I had recorded something. And, you know, towards the end, that last like six months is when I got, it, there was this, some farming material on there, but a, a buddy of mine was like, you should, you know, like do more of that, make it, make it a, sort of the central theme of the special. Yeah. And, uh, so um yeah i mean it's not all farming but yeah it's a, it's the sort of a, i've never tried to do that where it's like one central theme you know yeah that's what i really liked a lot about it because it started off with one place and then it went but it was in the same and it just totally stayed there the entire time oh thanks man thanks a lot thanks for watching it's really nice of you oh of course man i i love you i i've I heard you on Cyrus radio. I know you, you know, you get a lot of hits on that. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. They've been really good to me over the years. You know, yeah. in fact, the guy at Sirius was the one that told me, Hey man, uh, double down on the farm stuff, you know? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. He's a guy that I've known for a long time. And he was like, yeah, man, I would uh, do more of that. You know? And there's a guy that I know really great comic named Drew Hastings that, that is a farmer. He's not your typical farmer. He's like kind of a, metrosexual guy big tall you know guy but he he uh, has a farm in ohio and he did a special about farming on uh, comedy central years ago it was it was you know but uh, mine was more from the perspective of an outsider actually now that was another question i have like when you're getting to record uh and stuff do you like ever like drew hastings you said he had a special about farming. Like, did you ever watch it to make sure you're not in that same lead way talking about the same pass? You know, I didn't. I mean, I worked, Drew and I toured together for years, so I'd seen some of it, but I didn't, you know, I tried to call him to be like, hey, man, I'm doing this farming thing. I hope you don't, you know, and he never got back to me. So I was like, yeah. and I talked to a buddy of mine, a real close friend, a guy, Henry Phillips, that's one of my uh, good friends and he's close with Drew. And I was like, Hey man, does any of this stuff? Cause he watched the whole thing several times and he's like, no, this is nothing what Drew was doing. And again, yeah. Drew's, you know, he's coming at it at a little bit different angle. Uh, well, Cause in my act, like I, I have a form of autism called Asperger's syndrome. Sure. My act is literally just an hour of me talking about uh, having autism and stuff. So I get a lot of, requests to do autism shows and stuff but i always know because there's always going to be other autistic people and i don't want to you know mix with that you know what i mean like i like i don't know man i think you you mean other autistic comics or other people at the show no other autistic comics like talking about very similar things and it's like oh i I wouldn't you know as long as it's personal you know i i just think you know i used to be uh, terrified of that and i still am to some degree you know like worried I'm going to tread on the same uh, ground as somebody else. But I, uh, I think is you, you just check yourself, you, you know, you, you may wind up a, a shade to the wrong side every now and then. And you just got to check yourself and hopefully your friends will check you and be like, Hey man, you might not want to do that thing. Somebody else is doing it. If you got good friends and you, you know, that are comics, usually they'll kind of let you know, you, you know, you can spot it. You can see yeah. like, 
you know, and, and every now and then people will kind of hit on the same, same topic, but if it's your, especially something as personal as autism and Asperger's, like, I think that's, you know, that, that doesn't mean that one guy doesn't have the right to do, to be the only one to talk about autism. I don't think, you know? Yeah. Well, maybe I, I should uh, put that aside though. Maybe like, I just find it. I don't know. I, Cause like, I, from my perspective, when I see a show, I like seeing different comics from different backgrounds. And like, if I sure. see autistic people, I'll be like, huh, who, who's Keith Reza? You know what I mean? Like, it would, oh, I don't know, man. I think they'd love to, you know, uh, hear the perspective from somebody because you're talking about doing perspective uh, a show for other people with autism yeah um they're all sure they all have autism and so do you but they're all they're not funny you know <laughs> they're, they're not they're not they're not funny for a living you know yeah. I mean, that's that's what you do so i think they'd probably uh really appreciate hearing from you you know as long as it's true and funny and well written i think uh probably a good thing to do probably fairly lucrative too you know <laughs> when you have this sort of special groups that's uh that's something cool now you're in st louis right now right yeah yeah man is that by like the mississippi river yeah yeah it's um you know it's right on the the, the city itself is right on the river yeah uh, mark twain country uh yeah alan it's uh it's like so Hannibal, which is where Mark Twain is from, is about two hours north, uh, two hours north driving. I don't know on the river. You know, that's sure. I'm sure how he got up and down. Yeah, but. Might sound like a silly. Is it Missouri or Missouri? Uh, depending on what part. If you live in St. Louis, it's Missouri. Most of the state, Missouri. If you're a, a hillbilly, it's Missouri, probably. Oh. <laughs> uh. I was there like last year because I made the finals for the World Series of Comedy. Right? Oh yeah, man, that was yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember and, uh, when they had there. That that actually casino is in sort of a rough part of the, it's in Illinois. It's in a rough part of the city, but uh, yeah. Have you ever performed at that casino? Yeah, once or twice. No, it's a long time ago though. Yeah. Okay, so I, I take it that was pretty difficult for you too, because like I got there and I was like, "Holy Lord, where?" Yeah, when they, when I heard they were having it there, I was like, "What are you guys doing?" But then somebody <laughs> told me that they had good crowds there, so yeah, I, I didn't go. I went, I went up the first night and I it wasn't a good crowd. There was like four right. in the audience. That's what I was afraid of, man. For all these guys coming in from all over the country, and it's like, and now you're putting them in an area where it's going to be really hard to get people to go. You know? Yeah. So what I did was like I I tried calling like other clubs to see if like I knew any <laughs> who were performing there, see if I could do a guest spot or whatever, and they all said no. So I just <laughs> so I just went back home. Yeah, I think it's trickier. I mean, it'd probably be better if you had just showed up, you know, uh, or gone to the open mic and you know the yeah sometimes. But when you're on the road and, and you're not getting paid for that unless you win the World Series, <clears throat> it's like yeah. You know? Yeah, that's tricky, man. Yeah. Speaking of the World Series, do you think baseball is going to get canceled right now? I don't know, man. I'm a huge fan. I, I um, I think they're going to try to struggle through. We'll see. It's it's uh, sort of the uh, just the phrase of the year is I don't know. I mean, there's there's <laughs> like I, everybody has a theory on sort of everything to do with uh, COVID, and none of it is all that valid, to be honest with you. You know. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm probably right in the circle where I believe every theory. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, I've, I've found that I'm easily swayed, you know, uh, <laughs> at where especially with some – I remember like uh, – I mean, I'm a, I don't really talk about politics at all in, in my act, but I'm a – I rarely talk about it at all um, in public, but I, uh, I'm a pretty liberal guy, and I uh, – there, there's that movie, the Fox News movie or whatever. Right. Um, they came out, and uh, I they asked me an audition to play Hannity. I guess I kind of look a little bit like Sean Hannity, you know, which uh, who I you know I don't agree with politically at all. I, you know, I, I don't. And as a journalism major, so I don't really think he's a um, reliable journalist. I guess just you know that whole genre. Yeah. Uh, but I, uh, you know, I was watching him for days trying to sort of get some of his mannerisms so I could emulate him and some of that stuff in his speech pattern. And, you know, like after like two days, I'm like, yeah, man, some of this makes sense. And I'm like, wait, wait, no, wait. Because, <laughs> like, like, you know, that, I'm just so easily swayed sometimes. I was like, yeah, yeah, what he's saying makes sense. And then I was like, no, 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 this is not, this is not, this is not who I am. This does not make sense. Stop it. Yeah. Now, is it hard for you? Because, I mean, I know you've done some acting, but you're not really known for your, that. You're more known as a comic. Is yeah, it? yeah. I, I, I mean, I've done very little acting, you know. I mean, yeah. I, there was a, a, I lived in L.A. for a while, and I lived in New York uh, a while, not too long ago. When I was in New York, I was, um, felt like I was getting better and, uh, and sort of um, getting a lot of good auditions. So that was, uh, but, I, but I wasn't good. You know? yeah. <laughs> I was improving. I, I can I can act, but but auditioning sort of this whole other skill that I'm. Oh, I, I was terrible. getting, I was getting better at it, but uh, um, I still probably had a long way to go. And then a few things happened. I, I wound up coming back to St. Louis, so I'll act if you know in my own stuff or things like that. But uh, yeah, there's it. There's some really talented actors out there. I know how long it took to be good at comedy, you know, and. Uh, I'm sure it takes just as long to be a good actor, and I, I haven't put those hours in. <laughs> now, do you have, like, a bad audition story where you just thought, oh, I'll stick with comedy right now? Um, I'm sure a lot of them were. You know, I don't know if any of them were. There's one of my buddies uh, one time, I think I had some host audition for when it was a long time ago when I lived in L.A. My buddy Jimmy Dore was like, yeah, man, a lot of times he's like, because they, they give you, like, the copy that have all the jokes, you know, for this, like, yay, welcome to so-and-so. And then you make this. He's like, man, he goes, those jokes are, uh, a lot of them are pretty good. Goes, they like it if you write your own stuff in there, you know, put your own jokes in there. So I, like, kind of wrote my whole thing, and I, I went in there, and I'm doing it. And the casting and director's like, hey, stop. What are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> my guy, I kind of wrote my own thing here. He's like, don't do that. Don't, don't do that, man. Don't do that. <laughs> Well, like, thanks, then, Jimmy. Thanks a yeah. lot. <laughs> and then Jimmy got the part, huh? Yeah, yeah. Then Jimmy. Got <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But uh, I uh, one thing I also noticed on your special is, uh, and I think a lot of comics actually do this, where I am praying the percentage where I don't. I leave the mic in the stand. I don't take the mic out. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I um I have. Ex fooled with that a little bit but yeah i like i like holding the mic you know it's rare yeah. that i yeah yeah how long did it take you to get like good at 
like was it an awkward thing when you first started because i i just can't do it like oh no that came a lot more naturally to me than whole than leaving it in the stand actually that just oh, came really out. yeah 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 it just felt a little more so it's a, probably a little harder for me to do it you know early on in my career like leaving it in the stand yeah, yeah. wow like because i look at it as the stand where like because i'm so awkward i look at it as the stand as like my shield you know what i mean yeah, just so you know, man, they they can see see around that. Yeah, yeah I think they can. <laughs> I don't know. I just like go up there and you know talk and stuff. But Alan, have you ever seen me take the mic out of the sand? No, uh, not out of the out of the sand or the stand. I'm just joking. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't I, think I've ever done it in I don't think 13 years. No, you keep it in the stand. I got it, yeah. man. Yeah. So, I don't know. Be. I guess. I guess like, but I heard like, I, cause I took a comedy class when I first started, it was from like a Judy Carter or whatever. And she said the first, there's two rules in comedy. Rule number one, you got to take the mic out of the stand and rule number two, you got to write. And I was just like, well, where's being funny? Yeah, man. Uh, so. like, that no, should I, be rule number one, right? Be funny. Thanks. Yeah. I think I'll there's think. probably more than two rules. I think, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Greg, what are your rules in comedy? What are your, your secrets? Well, I don't know if they'd be rules because, you know, but for, for myself, I mean, I found that there's certain things I do. It seems to stack the odds a little bit more in my favor. You know, I do think you got to write. I try to journal, you know, yeah. most days. Mm-hmm. I say most <laughs> days. It hasn't been most days lately, but I try, you know, try to do some sort of free writing, just, uh, pen on the paper and keep it moving for and then I, you know as i'm doing that it's like i don't know it's it's i find like it's really hard to think about what's funny so i've i've sort of learned if there's something what's what's interesting or what interrupted the continuum of the day sometimes you can turn into what's funny yeah. uh yeah and then i think listening to your act is really really powerful you know, sometimes somebody gave me some advice to do it both ways. You know, he said, do it, you know, when you're um, doing something else, like when you're doing the dishes or driving or, you know, surfing the internet, just to sort of get used to the, your speech patterns, especially early in your career. Yeah. Uh, so that, uh, I don't know, that seemed like, um, that was good advice, you know, then there, I get a couple other writing exercises. Um, do the crosswords help you with, right? I think, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I think um, there's a similar mindset in that I think like if you're doing a crossword puzzle, oftentimes you're like, I can't, I I don't know the answer here. I I just can't, I have no idea what the answer is. Until you get a couple of letters and you chip away at it and you sort of find, maybe you back your way into the answer, which I think with joke writing is similar. You're like, I know there's, I, I know there's something funny here and I can't quite get to it. So I'm just going to sort of write around it a little bit and see if I can find something on the tangent of that and maybe work my way back into something that's funny. So I think there's, you know, similar mindsets where it's like you're working on something that um, the, the solution, the solution isn't apparent, you know, or it's not right. It's just like, Oh, I just work on this and it's done. Now it's going to be a little tricky to get to it. Does, uh, with this whole thing that's going on right now in the country, does, uh, podcasting and like zoom shows help you? Um, or does it like, 
I mean, the you know, we do that crossword puzzle podcast, my buddy Brendan Aaron and I, and that has helped me, I think, a lot. Just it, it you're my sense of humor in general, and it keeps my mind working, yeah. you know, because I we write, I wrote write jokes for that every week. You know, I sit down and go through all the puzzles and write, literally look at every crossword puzzle clue for the entire week of the New York Times crossword puzzle and be like, which ones are funny. Um, yeah. So it's you keep your mind working, and it's sometimes you get a little bit lazy about writing for your act, or I do, and because there's no shows, so it's like. Uh, but this thing forces me to at least write jokes every uh, every week, and it's also forces me to like. You have to, you know, there's a time thing on it, which as a stand-up comic, it's like I don't really have any timeline. I just write, you know, and when I get something funny, I put it on stage and you know, we're talking probably three years before, two years before the next CD or special comes out. So it's like, there's not a ton of pressure to write right. time-wise. Um, but on this, it's like, no, I got to come up with something funny. And sometimes as comedians, you're like, I have to come up with something that's the funniest thing in the world. Well, we're not going to do that for this week's, you know, I'm going to try to come up with something funny, um, a page full of funny jokes, you know, by Sunday morning. So th that's helped. I don't do the Zoom shows like I haven't. I kind of, and you know, I'll do stuff like this, but um, I really don't want to do stand-up comedy on the internet. Um, yeah. That, you know, and 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 maybe that'll change someday. But right now, I just, uh, I'd rather not. Yeah, I, uh, I got offered a Zoom show and I denied it, but then I watched it to see how it would be. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I kind of wish I didn't deny it because it looked kind of fun after seeing Julia Sweeney kill. Oh, cool, man. Uh, if she can do it over Zoom, you think maybe she could? Because uh, I've never act. I've just seen her on SNL. So she could, do, sure. she could do it great on Zoom. I'm sure she's hilarious. Person. I bet, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, going back to the writing the specials, you know, there's some guys that they could do a new special every year, like Louis C.K. or Dave Chappelle and stuff. Like, how do you think that your mind sets from that? Because – it's, it's weaker than those. Really? <laughs> My mind is weaker than Louis C.K. No, those guys are, uh, you know, they're, they're top of their game. I, I, uh, I don't think I could crank out a special in a year. To me, it, it, you know, it, it, it's usually about three or four years in between projects for me. And I've yeah. sort of found if I can write a new really good 20 to 25 in a year, that's great. Yeah. So, um, I, I, you know, it seems like it's, I've gotten better at it, but yeah, putting a special out a year, I think would be pretty rough. And I, you know, a lot of people say, well, yeah, Louie does it. Yeah. He's also one of the best comedians ever, you know, Dave Chappelle, one of the best comedians ever. Like it, they're really good. And they weren't doing it early on in their career, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Seems like the last 10 years, that's when it started to really. Yeah. Like I have a theory about that. You want to like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. With my conspiracy theory. I think that, uh, they started writing these jokes before they started doing comedy. And as they started, they were like testing it out. And then when they got really good, they said, okay, I got 10 hours of material. I'm just gonna, you know what I mean? I do. I think, I don't think you're right about it, but it's a, yeah, it's, it's a fun theory. I think it's, a, a, it's crackpot, but I think it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I've even heard, I, you know, I don't know Louis that well, but I've even heard him say that, you know, he, there's a couple he wishes he would have waited longer on, you know, on those yeah. things. Yeah. But so. there's like, you know, open micers or whatever. Be like, yeah, man, I get rid of my new, every year I write a new hour. I'm like, 
Bullshit. I haven't seen you do three minutes that's that good. You know? Hold on. Hold on to it, man. You got, you know, where's that joke you did last week that was really good? Keep that for a while, man. Make it better. <laughs> so comics were like that back in the day then, too. I feel like that's something because, like, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I still do open mics to test out material because I don't get a lot of work. But, right. You know, it's nice to know that when you start, we're like that, I guess. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah. I mean, I still, there's an open mic in St. Louis on Tuesday nights. I mean, you know, not with coronavirus, but I, I've been going to that, you know, uh, off and on whenever I'm in St. Louis for 20 years or more, you know? Yeah. Uh, Steve Byrne told me that uh, when he does weekends, he goes to, he a day early before the, sh- the Thursday shows or whatever. Because I guess Thursday one show, Friday two shows. I don't know. But he said he arrives a day early and he checks out the open mic around the club there and he takes the best open mic to be as an opener. Oh, that's cool, man. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. that's a nice thing, man. Yeah. Yeah, he, that's really cool that he does that. Yeah. And he said, I got to tell you, uh, sometimes I'll be there for four hours looking for the <laughs> makes the trip well so craig uh what are your what are your plans uh when this is over like uh are you gonna hit the road again and do something yeah as soon as i can man if this you know i I would love to yeah i mean it's i've always worked you know 40 weeks a year on the road or something so you know i'll uh do you think it's gonna be a little tougher to get in the smoother things to see how audience- I don't I mean I've done shows already you know I've, I've gone back I've, I did a few shows the last few weeks you know there was a couple clubs that were opened up with limited capacity and it how was it, it? wasn't it wasn't hard at all I mean you know oh, that right. first day maybe you're a little but it's not it comes back to you very quickly yeah. oh so people were there wanting to laugh and they were- yeah 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 oh. and again it comes back to you pretty quickly man Oh, cool. Because I think that's what I'm really worried about is like, because I, I had a gig at the improv, but then they canceled it through this whole thing. And I was like, oh, and they're like, oh, you want to do November? I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's going to get canceled again. You know what I mean? Just by how this is going. Sure. So like, I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of scared. To... And it's yeah, okay. you, you'll get back into it, man. Just get just continue to write was what I would say. You got this time to write. So yeah. well, at, least, at least have ideas, you know? I'm doing a lot of podcasting right now because I, I believe that uh, the only way to be a great stand-up comic is to interview great stand-up comics. Yeah. Well, I hope you get some. I, I think you're a great. <laughs> Just kidding. Thank you. It's kind but of. It's, but it's like going. <laughs> it's going to school. You know, I want to. I want to. I want to be a headliner someday, but I want to learn from all the other headliners. Yeah, man. I think everybody has a tip or two. You know. Um, I like your hat. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> is that why you asked me if the video was going to record so you could plug the hat? No, I was like, uh, do I need to like worry about lighting and all that stuff? Or should I just get <laughs> If it was going to be video, man, yeah. if you're putting out video, I probably would have been like, all right, man, maybe I'll take a shower <laughs> or something. <laughs> uh, so Craig, we, I have uh, two quick questions and then I, cause I want to respect your time. But uh, question number one, uh, is it true that uh, last time you were in L.A., you broke someone's cell phone for recording? Um, no. I mean, there's some truth to it. When I lived in L.A., uh, 
I was doing a show at the Ha Ha, and there was these guys in the front row that were like um, talking on their cell phone the whole time, you know, and just like ruining the show. It was a really tiny show; nobody was there, and these guys were like, and "There was an inexperienced uh, comic before me," and uh, like they were doing that gag where like the person on the the comedian talks on the cell phone, you know, like, "Hey, let me see your phone. I'm going to talk on it," and then they all right. You know, you you and then they they they're the center of attention, which is they wanted to be, and uh, I went up next, and I was like having a bad set, you know, and I, I was not as good of a comic back then, but I was okay, and uh, I'd been doing it for a while, but I was having a bad set, and and uh, then the guy just the, his phone rings and he just takes a call right in the middle of my set and talks on it, didn't like go out and talk on it, and um. And so I took the, I was like, Hey, let me see your phone. And he threw it up. Cause he was sure that I was going to, you know, play the little game of talking on the phone. He'd be the center of attention. And I just chucked it along the floor and it like skipped along the floor and just hit a wall and burst into like <laughs> 50 pieces. And then he wanted to fight me. And I was like, I'll, you know, I was like, Oh, we can't fight in the club, but let's go outside, which is, makes zero sense at all. And, uh, <laughs> And I, you know what? And, and I tell this story. There's a, a comedian, Dan Mintz, who's one of one of the funniest guys I've ever seen. Dan, and he's a really sweet guy. And he uh, he came out and like had my back, which was really cool. And I, yeah, uh, yeah. Did did they did you end up paying for the guy's phone or no? Yeah, I did. Yeah, absolutely. Because oh. the guys, yeah. the guys at the haha, I, I didn't. It was like one of the few places I could go up, so I didn't want to like burning bridges. I was like, hey, I'll pay for the phone. And it was like he was like the guy was like, yeah, 300 bucks or something. I'm like, there's no way you paid 300 bucks for this phone, <laughs> but I paid it. So yeah. at least it wasn't like an iPhone 11 or something. No, this was like it's probably 2006 or something. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like a flip phone. <laughs> yeah. It was a flip phone. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. It was a flip phone. Yeah. Do you remember texting on those flip phones? They were so hard. Oh yeah. It took forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a podcast is at one. Okay. And then like, <laughs> uh, so Greg, my last question, I think Alan has one for you, but sure, man. have you ever performed uh, in front of like, who's the most famous person you've ever performed for? And were they, did they talk to you after the show and were they nice? Um, you mean like non-comics or, uh, it could be a comic or non-comic. I mean, I'm trying to think, man, I, I can't, I can't even remember, you know, yeah. Like, I mean, there's, you know, I lived in New York and LA, so there's comics in the, in the, not necessarily in the audience, but in the club when you're doing, I mean, it, yeah. um, yeah, sorry, man. I, I, I get, that's like one of those people things like, who's, you know, famous. I'm like, I've met most, a lot of the comics that are famous, but I know there, when I lived in LA, there were probably some, some famous people in the crowd, you know? Yeah. Uh, my, mine was, uh, Paul Williams, who is a, uh, he's like a, singer songwriter you know he's award winning like, you know he won all those songs yeah he, he wrote the academy awards and stuff and he comes up to me after a show because i opened up for craig shoemaker oh cool man yeah and he said keith i just want you to know you're the funniest comic i've ever seen and i was like really aren't you like 80 you know i don't know i'm thinking outside you know he's like so he said that and then like i was just like oh hey you want to do my podcast and he's like sure i was like whoa so like no way man yeah so it was just like so. Oh, that guy was an actor too, wasn't he? Paul yeah. Williams. Yeah, he's a. Uh, 
Yeah, no, I'm just looking him up. I, yeah, he's like the guy, the short guy in Smoking the Bandit, right? Yeah, yeah Little Enos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's love a that sweetheart. Guy. Oh, that's great, yeah. And, uh, like, that was just my success story of, like, how, you know, something like that happened, you know. So I was thinking maybe you had, like, a cool story where, like, you opened up for – and Brad Pitt was there, and you said, hey, Brad, can I be in your next movie? And he says, sure. No, man, no. Right? I uh, – I think you got me beat, man. I think you got me beat with with little Enos, man. I, I wish I could say, uh, I wish I could say, yeah, Big Enos was uh, one of my shows, and, uh, and he, <laughs> Big Enos Burdett was at one of my shows, and he uh, he said, "You want to be in Smoking the Band at 12? And I said, "Yeah." I think you, I think you got me beat, Keith. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alan, do you have any more questions for Greg before we head out? Well, I, I tell you, uh, I see, you know, uh, Greg was a champion wrestler uh, in high school. He had a, a wrestling athletic uh, deal there in, in high school. And in an acting class, uh, uh, the teacher said, oh, how many of us are athletes? You know, I was a track guy. Okay, cool. Yeah, and he, and he said that, that he noticed that certain actors had a kind of intensity, and this was his theory, if they had, uh, a, a, you know, uh, an athletic background in high school. Yeah. That edge uh, of wanting to win in your event, you know, yeah. to show up even in an audition. Yeah. He had that, that edge. And it's just interesting that he made it. I don't know if it's completely true, but I just, just throwing it out. Yeah. I think that's a really in interesting uh, topic. Cause I, I think, especially early on, I had that intensity. Sometimes I think it's, um, it's a little bit, uh, of a drawback in stand-up comedy it, it's good in that it's like you need to be intense to sort of get through the whole being bad and like mm -hmm. you know working hard and accepting uh, some failure <laughs> but i mean sometimes on stage it looks like you're a little too mm -hmm. attached to the outcome of the event mm -hmm. which i don't think people want to see no no and then and, and even in an audition and acting it's probably the same way now if you can figure out how to be like the character is, is, is attached to, you know, the text. I think that would be good, but I think sometimes it, it probably was like, Oh, this is an actor attached to getting the role rather than the character attached to the emotion of the scene. Um, that almost sounded like I knew what I was talking about when it came to <laughs> acting. And I want to assure okay. you guys that I do not. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we should we should make a, a podcast called Fake Advice and Greg. You know. <laughs> yeah, I think I, for, I. While I was talking there, I was like, "Man, you almost sound like you you, you could be." A you good sold actor. me, man. I was like, "Holy shit!" I'll say things like that, and I'm like, "Well, yeah. Why didn't you do that?" <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you ever say something so good just to like make someone feel better and then they're like, oh God, that was great advice. Actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've done that a few times. I'm like, yeah, man, I've never <laughs> taken this, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's totally true, man. Uh, well, Greg, where can the folks at home follow you? Um, just uh, gregwarrencomedy.com is uh, good, yeah. And your special Greg Warren, Where the Field uh, Corn Grows is now on Amazon Prime. 
And yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I would love it if people would check it out. That'd be great. I, I watched it this morning and I thought it was the funniest special. So oh, thanks a million, man. I, I, I sincerely appreciate that. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing my podcast, man. I appreciate it. Oh, you bet. I really enjoyed it, man. It was, it was fun talking to you guys. Thanks, Alan. Thanks, Th- thanks Keith. Yeah, yeah. R- really enjoyed talking to you guys, man. All right. I'll talk to you later, Greg. Have a good day, pal. Okay. We'll see you later. All right. All right, guys. Uh, that was Greg Warren. So subscribe, rate, and review to the show. Alan, we got to head out. Do you got anything you want to plug out? Like, how's the Zoom stuff? I, I love this. I'm glad to be back uh, in L.A. I, I miss this. I, I'll, I'll be quiet. I, I'll tell you. Uh, I was shocked, but I was really, really missing uh, the podcast. And, uh, uh, you know, because I was visiting my mom and stuff. And, uh, and then we should tell the folks the reason why we're not in the studio on the phone interview. I said the reason why we're not in the studio on the phone interview is because we're quarantining you because you went to New York. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to come in and uh, especially in, infect you. And I'll be quite frankly, I, 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 I sure as fuck didn't want you to infect me. And, uh, but I'll tell you, this is so cool. You know, I, I've never had this, uh, with the, my, my picture on the corner there, this, this, I, I, this is fantastic. It kind of freaked me out. And I think it kind of freaked Greg out with her gun. I was like, holy shit. He just, well, I, don't know, know. I, had to, I had to move it from the chair and look, yeah. I'll show you. And I don't want people to get too freaked out. No, no, don't show. Don't, I don't want to see it again. It's going to ruin no, the no, 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 I'm saying it's a mess of my room. Oh, uh, Okay. I didn't even know, and this is this just this is not a good thing. Can you see what my? Oh yeah, I see your room. Uh, the folks can't oh, see it though. The light, the light. Oh, you. I thought you could, they could see that. How messy. No, no, we we didn't go Facebook Live on this. But you see the so, back. So that was in your favor. The, the only person you creeped out was Greg and me. But I mean, I'm saying that that they don't see the shelf. I see your shelves. No, no, because I'm not Facebook Living. This is just an audio. We're sending in the audio, not this. This is just so we could see each other while we interview. Oh, man. I was all yeah. geared up to see that people were watching. Oh, no. Yeah. So what I'm saying is you got saved, you know, saved by the gods of podcasts. But is, there, is there one uh, that people do like this and they show everybody and they don't care? Yeah, yeah. I just didn't want to do it. Oh, beautiful. Well, I, I enjoy this a lot. And uh, – I well, he did see me though. He saw us, right? He saw yeah, us. that's what I'm saying. The only Beautiful. people you creeped out was me and him. Oh, well, that's great. That's fantastic. You can. <laughs> so right. I'm glad. This was a hoot. I would do this. Uh, I would do this every day. Yeah. I could stay here in my house, as you're in your house. Uh, don't you think that was kind of cool? I mean, look, that was. I felt very relaxed. I thought for our first Zoom interview, I thought it was perfect. Good. We had a great guest. It was funny. A uh, great conversation. You, you would do this again. What would change is you showing your gun. Yeah. Other than that, don't be sawing. No, no one saw it, but it freaked me out. I was like, oh, Listen, oh. I'm going to tell you, next time I'll give a uh, heads up, at least. I'll give a heads up before I pull out the uh, the sniper rifle. That oh, one Lord. A huge fucking scope on it, bro. So, right, anyway, I'm going to go out and play with my toys here in the neighborhood. Yeah. And, oh, that's. Uh, did you see Boomer? He just walked in. Oh, he's cute. He's so quiet. You said he was like, uh, he was very quiet. Well, I had to dose him up for this podcast because he was. Dose him or dope him up? Dope him. Like give him some bones and stuff. Oh, no, no. That's why you I was... said I don't want a bone. No. All right. Well, we're out of time. Let me uh, plug the show. If you like the show, 
Subscribe, Brain Review on Apple Podcasts. Give it some love. Alan and I need reviews. Beautiful. Beautiful. Also, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Reza Riffs. Alan and I need the likes and the love. Well, I think so. Captain America's behind you. Which one? That's my classic one. Uh, which Turn one? around. This way? No, oh, you, yeah, yeah. In yeah, fact, Captain America. Yeah, yeah. I love Captain America. He's behind America. you. I love Captain America. All right, guys, back to the important but, stuff. Uh, my stand-up special, Keith Reza, Make It Happen. It's on Mad Records. So you can buy it. It's also on Spotify, streaming free. But I prefer if you buy it on iTunes. Show them some love. It's only $10 right now. We're trying to get it on Amazon Prime. So buy, 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 buy. I'm also on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash Keith Reza. Book me and I will give you a Cameo. I'll say whatever. I'll break up with your girlfriend or your boyfriend. It doesn't matter. And if you pay double, I'll have Alan Lee come in and say. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is Razor Riffs, and uh, it's a good show for what it is. Excellent. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Now I just got to figure out how to stop this fucking recording. Oh, wait. Uh, You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there. www.stereo.com slash KeithRaza. And on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash KeithRaza. If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it, and we'll rift with you again soon.